Hello and welcome to today's episode of Fostering Focus from Norfolk County Council. I'm Scott, the Marketing Manager for the Fostering and Adoption Service. We set up our podcast so that you, the listener, can hear firsthand from our current foster carers, social workers and team members. We'll be discussing various topics which will help you in your decision to become a foster carer. Today I'm speaking with Michelle, the Adoption Service Manager at Norfolk County Council. Today we're going to be continuing our discussion around MVR, non-violence resistant training, and specifically around the subject of de-escalation. This conversation was recorded on the 13th of April 2021 and we hope you enjoy listening. So welcome Michelle, NVR, non-violent resistance uh, training. Today we're going to be discussing escalation and how to get out of the that sort of how to step out of that pattern. Can you give us a little bit uh, of background about the types of escalation? Absolutely. So within NVR, one of the core principles is about recognising escalation. So we have symmetrical or joint escalation, and this is where the parent and child each attempt to win the upper hand by countering the move of the other, although not consciously. And the illusion of control and the belief that a young person with coercive behaviour can or must be controlled by adult dominance or punitive responses. For example, of this is the child raises their voice, parent raises their voice, the child shouts, parent shouts, child shouts louder, the parent shouts louder, etc. So this is also described as overt escalation is where a child will easily become much more fiery. And it's a really common form of escalation. And then we have what's called complementary escalation. And this is where the young person becomes more and more aggressive, whilst the adult feels increasingly helpless and gives in to the young person's demands. And the illusion of appeasement and the belief that a young person can or must be deterred from coercive behaviour by either adult submission or acceptance. And Mm. an example of this is that the child shouts and demands and after a while the parent gives in and lets the child have their way. And the child therefore learns that they can get their own way if they make enough fuss and will repeat this pattern as often as they can. And this is often described as the more covert escalation. And it's where a child will exert control in a more indirect way. And parents often describe this as kind of walking on eggshells, where they feel they have to tread really carefully so as not to upset the child. So, and obviously, you know, parents often do both. And any parent listening to this will be, yes, yes, we all, we've, yep, all, we've all been there. We've all, we've all done that. And undertaking the MVR course, what, what tools as part of the de-escalation process um, are we giving to our uh, potential foster carers and adopters that are, are coming through? Definitely. So what we say to adopters and foster carers and SG carers when they do the course is is actually NVR requires a lot of self-reflection. So when I did my training with partnership projects, we were asked, you know, actually, do you do the complementary escalation? Do you do the symmetrical escalation? And actually, most of us had to put our hands up and go, yeah, to both. So what we stress to parents, it's really important that they think about where they are in terms of this escalation. Where are they on a good day? Where do they go on a bad day? Where do they go if their partner, if they have one, is, is in you know that mode, complimentary? Where do they go? 
So it requires a real lot of self-reflection. And one of the things that we talk about is getting parents to really recognize those invitations so they don't go there. So and I'll mm. give an example that I share with the group. I've got an absolutely fabulous daughter, but obviously she's a teenager. Um, and when I first did my training, she came down one Saturday morning in a foul mood, clearly overbooked herself and wanted me to make a decision as to what she was going to do that day. Now, I knew if I said X, she would argue Y. If I said Y, she would argue X. So I stood there silent thinking, oh my God, how do I respond? And my response to her, given her age, she was 15 at the time, was, do you know what? My daughter's name. I love you so much that I'll support whatever decision you make. Now, clearly, she was desperately unhappy with that response and walked upstairs and slammed the door. But what I did, I wasn't stepping into that invitation to escalate with her. I could recognize where that conversation was potentially going to take me. And therefore, you don't step into that invitation. So what we really encourage parents is to have that self-reflection and not go there and recognize where some previous patterns of behavior may well take them. And so not to respond to those as perhaps they previously would. And one of the things I would say is, you know, at first, parents can feel de-escalation is like giving in. But what we say to parents is they will soon get used to the idea that they will be taking planned delay actions. So instead of those impulsive actions in the heat of the moment, and as they develop more NVR tools, they feel a greater sense of control over themselves, which then paves the way for um, improvement in difficult relationships. And with de-escalation, the parent returns to the issues at a neutral time. And as parents learn these skills and the art of greater self-control, there may be occasions that a heated situation can be addressed while maintaining that cold iron stance, that strike when the iron is cold stance. Yeah, and it's it's interesting what you touched upon with with your daughter of kind of understanding, reading the situation, I suppose, is what we're, we're, we're talking about here is, you know, with any child, foster child, adopted child, uh, birth child, at various different stages of their age, especially in teenage years, yeah, is yeah. That, that, that conflict of you're telling me something that I don't want to do. It's about flipping on its head. It's about being reflective, isn't it? It's about, you know, I'll support your decision, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But it's also knowing where those conversations are going to go. And and within NVR, it's really, it's a lot of hard work for parents. And, you know, when people are doing the, the course that we do, we do stress, actually, they're the ones that are going to be doing all the hard work. And, you know, even at times when I'm not accepting those invitations, say from my daughter or my husband or from others, because we can use NVR with our children, with our partners, with our colleagues, you know, you are asking parents or carers to show this really calm front on the outside, even though you could be absolutely simmering on the inside. So what we're asking parents to do is to recognize where they are going and actually not go there. And the idea is, is not to meet fire with fire. And many parents think that not reacting in the heat of the moment is the same as letting the child get away with it. But this is not the case. And when a parent gets caught up in an energetic argument, this actually takes the focus away from the child and onto the parent. 
So we do stress within MVR that de-escalation is not easy, but with regular practice, it does become easier. And with practice, parents can learn not to react and to take appropriate action. For example, stay silent or walk away or whatever, but not to respond to that goading. So they end up getting into that escalation with that child. So from a point of view of being in that situation, you've done your training and you're trying to put it into practice, but you've been goaded into that argument. You haven't bit your tongue. You haven't moved away. You're in the middle of that discussion, that heated debate, and that light switch finally switches on and says to you, this was the wrong, you know, you've made a mistake. This was the wrong decision, what you wanted to do. What tips have you got, Michelle, for, for our listeners out there? to take yourself from that situation and, and not just turn your back and walk away. Because again, I, you know, that might have a detrimental effect to the young person of, oh, they don't care. They've just turned my back. What tips have you got? for Because it's going to be difficult. You've, you've done the course. You're trying to put it into practice. And this is just not with Norfolk County Council. This is, you could be doing, you could be listening to this podcast across the UK. You could be listening to it worldwide. We don't know where you're listening, but you could be looking at, at doing non-violence resistance training. Yeah, absolutely. But what tips have you got, Michelle, for you're in that situation, you've gone too far, light switch is switched on, I, I need to change tactic here. You can't just walk away, can you? Well, you know, actually, if you know you've, if you have a child, a young person who you know gets very dysregulated quite quickly, when they are calm and you are calm, actually to say to that child, if I'm ever feeling unsafe or I feel that we're going to be getting into an argument, I am going to do X, Y, and Z. For example, I had one mum who used to take herself to the bathroom just to give her literally, you know, two minutes to kind of draw breath and then go back out, okay. making sure obviously that the child is safe, they can't escape. If you're in the heat of the argument and you've had that light bulb moment, actually, Using those I statements, we use I statements an awful lot within MVR because very often when we do the you, it's kind of a portion in blame. So actually, if you're in that argument, just saying, I am realizing this isn't actually going very far and perhaps we need to come back to it another time. You know, I'm really sorry if I've said anything to upset you and then you end it and you come back to it at a time when you are both calm and you address those behaviors when actually they're not in the heat of the moment. So that's the biggest stress that we have. Actually, if you're in that heat of the moment, the likelihood is you won't actually be hearing what each other is saying. You definitely won't be processing what each other are saying, and you're likely just to end up arguing more and more and more. And that's not particularly healthy. So recognizing when you're either about to step into that invitation or you're already in that invitation and how you're going to stop that because that's not healthy at all. And actually it can lead to, you know, violence. It can lead to really challenging behavior. And some of the times, especially when children are kind of throwing things around in terms of hurtful comments, we often say to parents, imagine you've got this imaginary shield and actually it's protecting you. So there's hurtful comments that are coming, bouncing off that shield. And they're not meant for you because they're heat, no. heat of the moment. And I suppose from yeah. looking at it from a different point of view as well, that you've kind of calmed the situation, we're going to come back to it. How often does the how often would you say, Michelle, that young person actually comes back to the table the next days and, and says, actually, I've seen the error of my ways. I now understand your point of view because I've had time personally to reflect myself. 
It can vary, but actually what we say is very adult-led. So in terms of when we come mm-hmm. onto those reconciliation gestures or other kind of tools in terms of writing letters to children or, you know, just trying to use some of the MVR technique, when that child is calm, we can give kind of a message sort of starting with, the ch- you know, saying something really positive about the child, then say what the worry was and then ending on a kind of positive. But we only do that when the child is really calm. We call those a campaign of concern. Um, but again, we don't have to do things the same day. We don't have okay. to give um, the campaign of concern on the same day as the incident. We don't have to do it. Uh, it can be two, three days later. If there have been lots of incidents in a day, we'd pick only one. So it's about really picking our moments and really kind of slowing down that thinking and that action taking because we want everything to be really calm. And from the parents and, and foster carers and SG carers that I've worked with, all have reported that life has been so much calmer. And, you know, a lot of children really try and press those buttons to get a reaction. If they don't get a reaction, they've got nothing to fight against. So obviously, if those parents or carers are not responding to those invitations, where does that child go? There is nothing more that they can do. And it enables those conversations to happen when things are much calmer. Yeah, you haven't fueled the flame, so to speak. You've kind of put no. it out. You've diced the fire. Um, and like you say, there's there's no there's no comeback yeah. there. So parents learn. So basically what we're implying here is parents yeah. learn need to learn to wait until things are a much calmer position, respond uh, instead of reacting. So what we're saying here, Michelle, is parents need to learn to wait till things are much yeah. calmer. They need to respond Instead of reacting, yep. and you you mentioned it about striking when the iron is cold. Absolutely, we don't ever go into conversations when the iron is hot. We always think about we'll do things when the iron is cold. We'll have those conversations with them. You know, if you've got older children, sometimes it might be better to kind of to invite them to say, actually, shall we book an appointment to discuss these things? You know. MVR is very much about, we do the stress about the connection before that correction. So our aim is very relationship-based, but we're not going to support children getting into these fiery interchanges because ultimately it doesn't lead to any success in the relationship. So what we're asking the parents is to recognize that and not go into it. And I must admit, I had one parent recently who came on the MVR course because they wanted their young person to learn how not to escalate. And then on the course, they realized actually Mm. it was them that needed not to escalate with their child. And it's a really powerful thing how as parents, if we change the way that we approach the difficulties, actually you're going to get a difference in that approach. And actually, if we don't respond with that um, escalation, where we don't respond with that shouting, we don't respond with that um, one-upmanship, we don't respond with that, actually children haven't then got anything to fight against. We're coming to the end of, of this episode on de-escalation. Michelle, have you got any final tips? Have you got anything that, before we wrap the show up, that are kind of the essentials? I think we've covered a lot. We know there's two types of escalation. We know parents often do both of those to fuel the fire. Um, and it's about understanding that and reflecting upon that. But have you got one tip or maybe a couple of tips that you can just share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's practice, practice, practice. You are not going to get it right 
the whole time and that is okay. But recognize, be really self-reflective and have that self-awareness. If you are in a relationship, try and work on this together. You know, really reflect with your partner if you have one, where you think they go, where they think that you go, actually how you can complement each other. If you're co-parenting, actually recognizing when the other person is perhaps going there that you have a kind of code word to say, whoa, 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 you know, actually not to berate your partner in front of your child. So that's why we often say that having a code word um, to try to get them to stop and just kind of keep a diary of things. Think about when things have worked well, what's happened? When things haven't worked well, what is it that you have done? And actually, how have you entered those invitations? Because sometimes children, they are the best at actually pushing our triggers and and, pushing our buttons and really being aware of what your own triggers, your own buttons are and what are you going to do in those occasions so to not escalate but then after that to take really good self-care of yourself to lick those wounds as it were. Yeah. And and for our, for our listeners, if you want to find out more, you can. There's another podcast out there from the Partnership Project, yep. which is around nonviolence resistance. They've got various groups. Yep. They're very heavy on their parent coaching. So again, if you want to find out more about what we've been discussing, Michelle did her training through the Partnership Projects as well. And it was brilliant. And they've got a fantastic website with loads of resources on it and blogs and testimonies. Um, And I find it a really good resource, actually. So I'd just like to say thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. Next time, we'll be discussing reconciliation and gestures. So big thank you to you, Michelle. Until next time, this has been Fostering Focus. Thank you. Bye. Bye.